to the Management Insights Podcast with your hosts, Phil Meidlack and Brad Hansen. You're about to hear from two proven leaders with over 50 years of combined experience with the goal of helping leaders and teams break through to the next level. Phil and Brad take a practical, easy to understand and fun approach to tackling everyday challenges. Here's Phil and Brad. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Phil. So today's topic, as you and I have discussed, is uh, the quarterly operational planning process. And quite candidly, we want to talk about the power and the impact that this process has on an organization's ability to create momentum and just uh, scale. In terms of one of the service offerings that I provide, it's it's been one of the most popular. Uh, and one of the reasons why is because it's a planning process where we you know, we identify the priorities for the next 90 days based on a discussion that we have about problems, obstacles, opportunities, you know, just everyday stuff. And um, it's a process where we bring all the functional leaders into a room four times a year, uh, as well as an additional representative or two from each department. And in your case, sometimes we bring a whole region in yeah. and have a, a meeting with 30 to 45 people, which is is pretty cool as well. But Brad, do you have anything that you want to say with regards to, you know, introducing this topic, the quarterly, and then we'll just kind of dive in. Perfect. So first of all, I'm going to give myself credit that uh, when many times when Phil and I do these podcasts, we're actually really dialed into a topic because of maybe something that we're both working on together or just individually because we we touch base so regularly. Uh, This particular time, Phil shot me an email uh, a few days ago and said, hey, I'm kicking around some ideas for uh, for a topic. And this was one of the ideas. And it, of everything that was listed in your email, this one jumped up at me and for a couple of reasons. One, we, we've I know we've referenced these quarterly operational planning meetings, uh, oh, I'd say probably a dozen times in other podcasts. So it's probably a good idea for us to actually focus a podcast and, and help our listeners understand in more detail what they are. But the other thing is uh, they, from my perspective, have been the most influential tool that we have used as an organization in the last 14 years to help us have consistent high performance within the company. And if, you know, that's everybody's that's a part of a company or running a company or that, that's kind of the ultimate goal, right? To, to not only have performance, but find some consistency around that. And that's difficult to do because, you know, the ebbs and flows of employees and, and economies and your partners, there's all these moving pieces, but there's, you know, this particular process just brings so much clarity and, and accountability. So, uh, so I couldn't be more excited. This is our topic for today. Yeah. So for somebody who hasn't participated in a process like this, um, it's in in a very simplistic point of view, it's an ongoing focusing program that's designed to get everybody in the organization, all their energy, all their resources uh, focused towards addressing the top priorities that support the achievement of the company's growth and profitability goals. And so gaining alignment around a set of priorities is challenging in an organization. Sometimes it's challenging between two people, let alone an organization. I feel if I can jump in, if you're listening to this and you think, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's challenging, but what does that even really mean? Anybody who's been a part of an organization, whether you've been uh, on the management side or, or if you're an employee and don't have any management obligations or responsibilities, the, the one thing that everybody can agree to is there's just a frustration around work and you know you're working with people it doesn't matter if you're, you might be working with great people 
there's just something about the ebb and flow of work and the busyness of it and the different perspectives that if you go ask anybody that's had a job for any amount of time, everybody has their perspective of, oh, it's so frustrating at work because, you know, it seems like nothing's getting done or we're spinning our wheels or, you know, that this team isn't doing anything. There, This is just such a commonplace it just it just happens. It's just with the best of people, this happens. And so the beauty of what the the QOP, that's our shortened uh, acronym for this, for us has been it allows us to get together. Uh, and if if you think about why is it frustrating? Well, it's frustrating to run a business because there are so many things going on and so many different perspectives. And so you mentioned that the real key to this is everybody gets in a room and just decides on the priorities. Because if you can all get consensus on, hey, there, there's a hundred things we could all agree we could be doing better every day. And if you just think about you as an individual, right? Like if you if you micro if you micromanage everything that you are responsible for doing in any given day, you'll drive yourself crazy because because there's always room for improvement on everything, right? Now you take that as you as you as you look at another person's, you know, like, oh, it's so easy for us to say, why isn't why isn't Joe doing a better job or why doesn't he do this or you know, blah, blah, blah. So we, we get lost in this minutia of all the things that we can complain about. And when we get together in a room and say, okay, guys, let's let's just agree on what, what would be the top, you know, two, three, four things that would really provide the most impact for our organization, the most positive uh, potential for us to grow and, and, and achieve and excel. It almost allows for all that other stuff to just kind of, you know, fall away. And then you can really get some amazing traction. And now you can have some real accountability because everybody's agreeing on what's the most important stuff. And, you know, it's funny, Phil, this has never been really said in any of the QOP. And we've done hundreds, right, of QOPs. Yep. Yeah. Over 15 years or so. Yeah. It's never been said, well, okay, great. Now we don't have to worry about anything else. Like that's never been intentionally the word, but it really kind of frees you up to just agree on, Okay, for the next you know thirty, sixty, ninety days, we're all focusing on on the same issues, and there's so much power behind that. So anyway, that's that's a bit of a long rant to say when when you say, hey, this really is effective because it really does work through you know s- some issues. That trying to trying to really call out what that really means. Yeah, and so I'll try to add a little bit to that just to continue to add some color for somebody who's not participated in this process. One of the things that, um, you know, the intent is for us to talk about, as I say, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly, which is, you know, it's it's not an ugly discussion, right? We try to have a lot of fun with these discussions. But what we're trying to do is develop individuals and teams to be able to, to learn how to disagree, talk about conflicting points of view, but not be disagreeable, right? So we're teaching people how to process, you know, here's our goal. What's the best path to get there? And so they, they enter into a healthy dialogue, collaboration, considering everybody's points of view. And then once they get to the other side of that conversation, they have a solution that everybody has created themselves. So we have deep employee buy-in, deep employee engagement uh, with regards to the selected priorities that you know, we're going to tackle you know, in the next 90 days, cr- you know, either cross-functionally and, and you know, organizationally. So that's kind of cool. So there's a planning element to this that is very important that we get employees aligned around a set of critical goals that support the achievement of the, the growth, the strategic uh, and the profitability goals of the organization. 
But the other thing that happens, which is really uh, uh, the thing that I, I, I love, is the fact that there's a huge employee development component to this that, you know, is really invisible to a lot of people. And that is, you know, I tell people all the time that, that I learn every day from my clients. You know, I'm a lifetime learner. I'm open to it. I work with brilliant people that, you know, I learn a ton from you, Brad, as well as, you know, literally everybody that I work with. I pick up uh, great uh, insights and, and, and uh, uh, along the way. In this meeting, we have managers that have different uh, levels of experience. Some have been managers for 20 or, you know, 25, maybe even 30 years, and some have been a manager for six months. We have people that are non-managers, but they're leaders, they're thought leaders, they're attitudinal leaders inside the organization, and everybody gets to learn when we talk about a challenge, an opportunity, a development need, um, everybody's contributing, and even if they're just soaking it in and they have nothing to contribute on a particular topic, they're learning. Just by listening and participating, even just by listening and not participating in the conversation, they're observing how people address challenges and problems and stuff like that. So there's this employee development component that we were really able to provide an environment and a vehicle, the quarterly operational planning process, where uh, just by participating in that process, it accelerates the, uh, the growth of the individual's uh, the teams as well as the organization. And again, um, you know, people development precedes corporate development. The pace with which our people grow and develop really determines the pace with which our company grows and develops. So planning component, people development com- component, it's really powerful. Yeah. You know, it's it, so I've got a very specific thought on that. And we have a real life example here at Go Engineer of what you just stated. And, and, if I can articulate this correctly, maybe it will paint a picture for our listeners that, so we have these and they happen four times a year, but we rotate through our geographies. We're, we're, we're spread geographically throughout the Western United States. Um, so it might be that depending on where you are, you might only get one of these a year. And we've always challenged our, our teams, and Phil, you started this years ago, Hey, this is the one that kind of Go Engineer is is sponsoring from kind of the executive team on down, and but but by no means are we saying that you can't do your own version of this on a more regular right. basis, and so our tech support team uh, a few years ago picked up on that challenge and they do one every month now, and I get to sit in on it most if I'm in the office I I get in on it because like you I learn so much from the people that I work yeah. with. And I love to just to sit there and, you know, glean great information about what's going on within the company with our customers. What what are some of the amazing things that our employees are doing? What are some of the obstacles that they still have to face that I don't even realize until I sit and listen to their realities? But yep. I, I've marveled at how well this team has executed on this monthly meeting. And, and they give credit to the fact that they got this from just sitting in on I would say uh, the kind of the key leadership for that team has probably been in on, you know, maybe three, four, five total uh, operational planning meetings, right? That's where they kind of, that's where they learned this process was by sitting in and observing. And, And I'll tell you, these guys weren't the biggest participators when we had our quarterly operational planning meeting. But to your point, they were soaking in the, what it looked and felt like. They were you know, they were taking notes both mentally and sometimes very literally taking notes on how that process works. And then they took that back to their own team. And now they do it every month. And it's incredible. The, the you know, the, the advancement that that team has made, 
stems from the fact that they spent, uh, you know, four or five, six hours on a quarterly meeting that to them was really annual, right? We call it quarterly because as a company we're having quarterly, but for them, they were probably only seeing it once a year. And they, you know, again, very specifically thinking about this individual, he probably set in maybe two or three of these and then had the the confidence to go out and start doing it monthly with his own team. So that's just the perfect example to to illustrate what you were saying. The, the employee development side of this is priceless. I, I thought about, you know, I thought, what, what would it take if we weren't running these quarterly operational planning meetings? What are the chances that this monthly now meeting that happens with our tech support group could ever could ever exist like it does and, and, it, and it, it it couldn't like you know it just it stems from this foundation and again that's secondary right yeah. because it, it, that's not why we did the quarterly operation planning meetings the, the quarterly meetings were to identify what's working well within the company so we made sure that we protected the the culture around those things that are working well and then identify two three four things that we could all focus our attention on as a company to really boost our performance over the next 90 days that 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 was the real intent this side benefit was every bit as impactful on the success and growth of our company yeah and that's the ne- and that's our next goal to continue to to get the other the other uh, regions to do this as well right and so we create this momentum and the the cool thing about it is it's completely employee directed and when you think about what that means to an employee you know I was just giving a a, a talk on growth three different talks on growth at a, a global partner conference last week. And, um, you know, one of the topics was culture and how that's really a foundational piece to creating sustainable growth, you know, in an organization and even accelerated and hyper growth, which your organization has achieved over many years. And this is really a huge cultural statement. In the presentation that I gave, I shared that there was a stat that I read in a, a culture research paper not too long ago that indicated Basically, only 45% of employees are dissatisfied with their work environment. So basically half. And so when you, have a, when you have a process like this where they're the center of the process, it's not you. You're not the center of it, Brad. Right? And, right. and, and neither are the managers. Right? I mean, they're, the managers are more so than, than you. But really, this is an employee-driven uh, process where if everybody has clarity with regards to, you know, where are we going? What are our goals? What, what's the vision? What are we trying to accomplish? Um, and, and then, I mean, we very intentionally ask the employees, what are the biggest priorities from your perspective? And that sets the agenda for this meeting. And then we get management, the management, uh, in, uh, input in on that as well. And, and, uh, Brad looks at it at the end and oftentimes makes no changes just because his team is trusted and valued. And they earn that because they come up with really the right priorities every time. They come up with the best ideas. They really do. It's it's so fun to see that. Well, your organization's too big for you to even actually see all that stuff, right? I mean, you have to hear it from them, and you do because you go around and you're communicating with them all the time. What are the big challenges? Well, the beautiful thing about a quarterly operational planning process uh, is that it's designed to talk specifically about that. What's working well? And where are inefficiencies? What needs improvement? And we give people what I refer to as permission, you know, permission-based communications, right? So many people struggle with what I refer to as nice people syndrome, right? We don't want to bring up that hard stuff, but that's the exact purpose of having these meetings. So we make it okay to talk about that that stuff that is it's critical dialogue. It, it's sometimes uncomfortable for people to bring up. And that's my job as a facilitator to make sure that I teach people how to do that, do that in a healthy way, in a productive way. But uh, yeah, so the, at the end of the at the end of the day, we have these the set of priorities that are really 
um, virtually 100% selected by the employee team. Now, some leaders listening to this might think, you know, why wouldn't the leaders be selecting it? Well, that's not where the power yeah. is. Yep. <laughs> you know, if you select it as a leader, it's your priority. It's not theirs. If they select it, it's their priority. So you're going to deepen employee engagement and passion. They're going to run with that priority, you know, 180 miles an hour, where if it's somebody else's priority, they may not run that hard, you know, for that priority. Uh, that's exactly the kind of the secret sauce behind this is you you're getting like if you think about this uh, and, um, you know, we've done so many of these at some point. I just need to run the math so I know exactly what the number is. But and every time I come away from these meetings with a with a deeper perspective, with a better understanding of, of what our organization is capable of and where we have some weaknesses. But the after we got out of the last one. It occurred to me as I was uh, as I was on my way home, you know what we, we've tapped into essentially is because we've been doing this long enough now, and and we, we've boy we, we've toyed with the you know we've changed the we've tweaked uh, uh, and the tweaks that we've done. Well, it's evolved. Yes, and and the beauty is it's always been driven by this the, the employee's input. Like it, it's never been Phil and I on the phone saying ah let's just change something because we want to change something. It's always because. We have employees saying, hey, have you guys ever thought about trying this? Um, and and whenever that recommendation comes across and we run with it, the power behind that's incredible. But what, what occurred to me is we're at a spot now where every time we do these, and, and you know, they probably sometimes, to your point, we have 30 or 40, 40 people in the room, which is very large, and we don't do that all the time. And you know, sometimes at the small end, it might be 15 or you know, 12 to 15. In any case, what, what happens is you basically get the best consultants you, that money could buy sitting around a table yep. for your company. I mean, they're employees, right? These are guys that you've hired to do a job and they wear a hat within your organization. But, but in this role, they really turn into like the greatest business consultants for you because nobody knows your business better than your employees that are actually doing it day in and day out. And because they understand what we're doing and we've done it long enough and we've and we've demonstrated that we're serious about allowing their voice to be heard. And I would say easily 80 to 90% of the best recommendations for this company in the last 14 years have come from employees in this meeting saying, hey, what about trying this? I, 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 I would say you would agree, right, Phil? Like that's not an over-exaggeration. That's, that's how effective this is. So now now the, the culture of this company, even if you're a new employee, people tell you, oh, yeah, these quarterly operational planning meetings are awesome. You get to go there and kind of you know bring your ideas and and you get to help brainstorm other people's good ideas and build upon them. So now you have this consulting pool, and it's funny because as business leaders we're used to consultants, right? Like we, I think the best business leaders rely on consultants, outsiders who come in and say, "Hey, here's a different perspective. Here's something you know." And we, in many cases, write big checks for these consultants, and they're worth it if they're you know if they're the right consultants, they're worth every penny. Well, now what we've done is for a, for a day, we've turned all these employees kind of into consultants because they come to the table not not just, you know, kind of with their own personal qualms and, and issues anymore. They're coming to the table with, hey, I've been thinking about how we can better the company. And from my perspective, here's here's some things we could be doing. And the perspective these guys bring is phenomenal because they live it every yeah, single it day. And, and this idea that we've just harnessed this kind of consulting power within my company, it never had occurred to me until our last QOP. And now it just, that's all I can think about. I can't wait to get to the next, you know, kind of consulting meeting mm -hmm. where I've got, yeah. I've got the mind share of these 10, 12, 15, 18 people 
that are just looking out for the very best for my company. So, well, that's really true. I mean, it's it's interesting. Whenever I, I get a new client, we start you know a process like this, and someone comes up with a a challenge, and uh, you know, I'll see the the lead exec or the owner lead, lean over and say, well, "Well, let me ask. You know, let's ask Phil. Let's see what he thinks." As if I'm the smartest guy in the room. Well, I'm pretty smart, but I have my you know, I have my swim lane, you know, my areas of expertise. And I try to teach that owner as well as everybody at that table. The reason our growth isn't what it should be or what it could be is because we're not valuing the intellect of the team sitting at this table. Exactly we're not valuing it. the intellect of the, of the employees. So, so, you know, what I have an opinion on this, but I'm not the expert. I'd like to hear from this person and that person because they have greater expertise in this area than I do. And once I'm able to help an owner an executive, a leadership team understand that they have a deep well that if they just learn how to tap into that deep well of intellect, um, you know, the company is just going to explode. You know, it's just going to take off. And and I got to tell you, I don't even want to water that down. Companies that do this, their growth explodes. Yeah. And and, uh, the, the ROI that they get, you know, from this kind of an investment is ridiculous. It's in the magnitude of somewhere between 10 times their money back to on the highest, it's been 95 times, not percent, but times. Yeah. So for every dollar in, they get $10 out or $95 out based on the growth and earnings. So it is so it is so powerful. Let me ask you this question, Brad, for uh, somebody listening to this, and this will be you know completely self-serving. <laughs> What's the value in having somebody like me with the background as an owner-operator um, facilitating this particular meeting. Yeah, and, and it's it's great because you and I have talked about this before, uh, just full transparency, and I didn't know you were going to ask me the question on this podcast. I've talked to the uh, to other CEOs and owners of other organizations about you, Phil, because the value um, is having somebody that that is a, a bit of an outsider to your company, but that has actually grown and operated uh, a company on their own, which is exactly who Phil is, it, it, the, it, you can't even, you can't really probably adequately express how valuable that is because uh, this still happens. We've been doing these for a long, long time. And I would still say in almost, if not every, in almost every uh, QOP, we'll, we'll be brainstorming a, a problem. Somebody will brought up, hey, here's something I think we can improve on. It'll get opened up to the group. People will be giving their perspective, their ideas. And, and to your point, Phil, I want to make sure we cover this. It it, it mostly is done with, you know, smiles and laughter. It, it's not, you know, it kind of is, is it's counterintuitive because you think, oh, you're talking about problems within the company. People are probably clenching up and, you know, and it's probably a real nervous. Right. Yeah, but it isn't. It's, it, you, you know, because we just own it. We know. Like, we, we totally understand as an organization. We have, we have stuff to improve. And I, I think that we, we get that out early and we're, we're pretty, you know, transparent that we get, we've, for, you know, for ever since the days we, we opened up the doors to this business, we've been able to find things we can improve on and, and that's great. But, um, yep. but what we'll do is we will occasionally get kind of stuck and say, ah, well, you know, we know what we know, but we're kind of limited. And we will at times turn to Phil and say, hey, Phil, you've worked with a lot of companies, you ran your own company. Give us other ideas that you've seen or you've tried, and and that's man, that, that's so valuable right. to get that perspective. And again, you do that really, really well because uh, he's right. Phil doesn't jump in and dominate and say, "Well, this is how you have to do it." Phil does it very much in a, "Hey, I can give you an example. Here's some things that I saw when I did when I ran my own company," 
And I'll tell you, there is nothing more powerful than when we're all beating our heads against the wall on, man, this thing seems hard. And Phil says, yeah, it is hard. I remember when I was doing this with my company, you know, we stumbled with this very same thing. And, you know, here's a couple things that we tried that didn't work. And and here's some yep. stuff that you might want to. So that that right there, uh, the value of that is it's fantastic. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's. I just want to be careful how I say this, but when you have someone who's, you know, an experienced, you know, their experience as an owner operator, as well as experienced at facilitating uh, uh, an important meeting, as well as someone whose superpower is developing people, I think that's a combination that really oh, it, has helped. It works. Create exponential growth for my clients. Yeah, yeah, it works very, very well. And again, to to the you know, and it's great because it, it isn't it isn't as if uh, you have to have fill or a fill in in every single thing that you do. I just gave an example. We do a monthly meeting with a group and Phil's never been. So that's great. But for the core meetings that we're having as an organization, it's great because one, it relieves if you're if you're the, you know, the executive that's going to be kind of sponsoring this, you you don't want to be this is my own perspective. You don't want to be the guy that is also kind of facilitating the meeting because I think that unintentionally creates a box around the meeting that you don't want to create. Like, you know, it's all of a sudden like, oh, well, this is Brad's meeting. So now we're, you know, we kind of know how Brad operates and, you know, blah, blah, Absolutely. blah, for, for good yeah. or for bad. I'm limit. I'm going to be unintentionally limiting even my own uh, input once I'm also the facilitator. So I say getting that, that role, that facilitating role off to somebody else, just that alone, you know, is, is one of the secret sauces that I would say that makes these things work. And then, to your point, finding that individual that can do it, that's, that has done it before, that's, that's uh, actually been involved in running and growing a business. Uh, I, I want to add one thing. Um, and, and I know, isn't it funny, Phil? We always feel like our goal is to keep these podcasts around, uh, you know, 15 to 18 minutes. And whenever I look down at the yeah, clock, I really we've exceeded that. <laughs> we always exceed it, I feel like. so. But, but I do, I want to say this. If, if I'm, I know the one thing, if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm, you know, a manager, an executive, the one fear that I that I would have, and, and I had it years and years ago, is, uh, wait a minute, you're you're telling me you're pulling a bunch of employees into a room and saying, hey, what's wrong with this company? <laughs> Gee, what could go wrong there, right? Like, I get it, I get the fear of this thing just turns into a you know a bunch of people you know complaining and and moaning about everything, and and that's not productive. Um, everybody knows that's not productive. I think the reason it never turns into that, it never has in all the years we've done this, has never turned into that. Nope is because there's also this accountability part that says, listen, if you're going to come to this meeting and you have a complaint, then the expectation is you're also going to have an idea to say, how can we fix the thing that, 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 that's bothering you? Not only that, we're also going to be hearing other people's quote unquote complaints about things that we can do better. And, and when you get in a room with some really smart people, it, it starts to, to really separate the, the silly complaints from the real meaty, hey, we could really grab this and improve the company without anybody ever saying that's a silly complaint, right? Like that's one of the early rules of one of these things. You can come and bring whatever you want and no one's going to shut you down and say, well, that's a dumb thing. You can't bring that up. Uh, But it just self-governs because everybody sits and listens and and the, the right things come to the surface because bright people know what the right things are. And, uh, you know, as long as you're, yeah. as long as you're hiring bright people, which maybe it could be a whole other podcast, right? How to hire bright people. It takes care of itself and you don't. So if you're worried that, oh, if I get a bunch of people in the room, is it just going to turn into, and as I, as I have had conversations with other 
executives about this process. And I've had, I'll bet you easily 20 to 30 conversations uh, about this process. It is, it's the most, you know, it's the most raised concern. Wow, you get everybody together and you kind of open the door to, you know, what can we do better? Doesn't that just turn into a big complaint fest? It really doesn't, Phil. Like it's, it's perfectly balanced with the, the right things get to the, the top of the agenda and it's and, and the power behind fixing those things to your point. Oh, it's it's just amazing what that does for your organization. Yeah. And again, that's that's part of the goal of, of facilitating the meeting, which is to teach people how to have productive conversations around conflicting points of view. Yep. Right. I mean, that's that is part of the development goal. So, well, that's cool. All right. <clears throat> um we're over 29 minutes, so we probably should should stop. But great, great. I'll uh, have a couple summary comments, throw it over to you, and then we'll wrap up. But uh, yeah, it's a great process for um, creating meaningful momentum inside an organization, exponential growth, really. Um, and if you want to learn a little bit more about that, uh, feel free to uh, go to my website under the Work With Phil tab, and, and you'll see the quarterly operational planning process. Uh, but again, uh, that'll... Uh, That'll give you an overview and then feel free to give me a call or send me an email uh, and we can talk about uh, your specific uh, needs or interests. Brad, do you have any summary comments? Yeah, I would, I, you know, I hope, hopefully we did a good enough job during this half hour. Our intent here was to, to create a bit of a dialogue around as any organization looks to have a better accountability, a better fill of ownership within the organization. I mean, I don't care who you are. If you're a manager, you're the owner, you're the CEO, you're the brand new employee. Everybody likes to be empowered to feel like they're owning part of the success of the company. Um, and and really trying to accelerate that, that idea of getting the team working together uh, towards a common goal and the power behind that. Uh, that's really what, what – those are the key elements that we have found that just time and time again – these uh, quarterly operational planning meetings enable us to do this, and and so they 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 take whatever we're doing successfully, and they and they allow us to improve on those things. They allow us to improve on areas of weakness which every organization has, and and it creates an environment where you can sustainably do this for you know for years and years and years. And so that, that that's our intent. Hopefully, we did a an adequate job of presenting it. We love doing this. So. Thanks for for anybody who's uh, listening. And uh, as always, we're wide open to feedback. So if you have anything, uh, you can uh, hit up uh, either Phil or myself. Uh, I'm I'm at uh, B Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, at GoEngineer.com. Phil? And I'm at Phil at MyDLACManagement.com, M-Y-D-L-A-C-H, management spelled out, dot com. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thank you, Brad. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Management Insights Podcast with Phil Meidlack, Executive Coach, and Brad Hansen, CEO of Go Engineer. Check out the complete list of Management Insight Podcasts. And if you have a topic you'd like Phil and Brad to address, email your suggestion to phil at mydlackmanagement.com. That's phil at m-y-d-l-a-c-h management.com. Management Insights, helping leaders and teams break through to the next level. 